0: Values I talk about working with clients is beyond complexity lies simplicity. Beyond so, complexity lies simplicity. simplicity. Explain that. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, many times, in order for us to seem seem so smart, what we want to do is we make things more complex, and people don't get complex. We turn people off, and they don't retain
1: complexity. Thanks for coming on the show and put your numbers to work podcast.
0: Good morning, Stephen.
1: Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, you know, this show is about me uh, talking to the f- people that I really admire who are great at using financial management and accounting man- uh, uh, a management accounting. Mm-hmm and uh, not just taking the traditional financial reports, but taking key performance indicators, taking KPIs and, and trends and, and charts and dashboards and sharing with our, our audience, what do you do with that stuff and, and, and why is it so important so that they can learn too? But let's start with, who is Scott Barth? What do you do for a living and, and, um, and what kind of people do you serve? Okay,
0: great. I'll have to do a real quick background. So, uh, one of eight boys grew up in the Chicago area, and my dad was a custom home builder. He came out of World War II, uh, started as a carpenter, and then started his own custom home, uh, home building uh, company. Mark wow. Builders was the name. And this would come to play a little bit, so I, I want to share on my, my motivations. So, um, he had asked me, I'm in the middle of eight boys, he asked me to come into business after college. I turned him down. And he was a little disappointed, but not not surprised that it was when he asked me why I told him it was because I didn't want his lifestyle. I appreciate what he did for me, but not his lifestyle. And he said, what do you mean by that? And I said, Dad, you're never around 24-7. Guess, guess what it, it means to be a private business owner. Right. So I went off on my own into a sales career, worked for Oscar Mayer Company, the Pepsi Cola Company, Pillsbury Company. Um, developed a bit of a reputation to, uh, to be able to turn businesses around. And, uh, you know, I, I moved around a lot uh, around the country, got here to Colorado in 89. And once I got here, I decided I wasn't leaving. So yeah. left the corporate world at the age of 40 and decided to start doing uh, consulting work, for, uh, first with large companies. And then I said, wait a minute, my passion's for small businesses, and started as a business coach for uh, really helping business owners with time, team, and money are always the three issues that everybody has. Time, Even training, about, and money, did you say? I'm sorry? Time? Time, team, and money. Team and money. Okay, yep. People. All three of those are issues all the time, right, for, for every owner. So um, in about 2008, though, I got connected with an organization that was starting to really pioneer exit planning. And if you go to Michael Gerber that says the only reason to start a business is to sell a business, yep. that really started to come um, you know, to fruition in the marketplace because of aging baby boomers. So I, got, I changed the focus of my practice to start business owners helping them thinking about the exit plan that is inevitable. And then many times with that, what happens is they don't have the right kind of resources in the business or the business is not sellable or transferable. So we have to grow the value of the business. And then that has um, helped me in my business to be maniacally focused on growing value. And when I tell an owner that if your business isn't transferable, it doesn't matter how much income you're taking out of the business, you're never going to be able to sell it. And then the second thing that I do with owners all the time is I talk about it's not about profits. It's about growing value. Profits will come if you work on the value drivers so that's the focus of my business i've uh, been doing this since 2003 and the focus for the last 11 years has been this combination of value acceleration leading to an e- the inevitability of an exit or a transfer plan transition plan
1: fantastic i'm amazed how many business owners haven't thought through that exit strategy and uh and then when they want to do it you know they're like oh my company's not worth as much as i expected and they, that's because they didn't focus on the value drivers, like you say.
0: Yeah, and, and typically, Steve, it's because they don't know what they don't know. Right. And when they're ready to sell, that's the other aspect of it. Typically, they're, they're, um, I wouldn't go as far as burned out, but they're ready to get out as quickly as possible. But then in order to build a sellable company, if you haven't done any planning or any work on the, the key value drivers that a buyer values, looking at your business through the eye of a buyer, the issue becomes that it's going to take them two, three to five years, depending on an inside transfer or sale to a third party. And too often, I've, I've had older business owners, you know, more experienced business owners, 30, 40 years owning their businesses that say, nah, don't want to do that. But if they're going to do an inside transfer, it's only about the future profitability of the business and growth of the business that can actually fund that. And then that kind of forces them into, oh, crap, I guess I have to do the things that are necessary yep. to make sure this business is going to be sustainable without me. And then that, you know, that'll result in a, uh, an engagement with my clients. And one of the nice things with my clients, I, I, I don't do any contracts. I literally work month to month with clients. And as long as I'm adding value and they're doing what they need to be doing, we continue working and my average client engagement is a year and a half and uh, I've gone as long as five years with clients great and I've had some great results so
1: so so it's kind of like you know I remember uh, going to the 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 gym you know about 10 years ago and from in my uh maybe more in my mid-40s and the owner of the health club Kyle said you know I I you I love I hate I love what I do cause I help him people grow, but the worst thing can happen is I like, got somebody comes in here I, they're 68 years old or they're 71 years old and they're like, Oh, my body's broken down. Can you help fix it? It's like, you got to start early and you're just <laughs> the same thing, you know, don't wait till you want to go. So, so how does, how does uh, management accounting and key performance indicators help you? You know, what are the things that drive value and what are the decisions that come out of that? Okay.
0: So, um, when I start with clients, and, and probably, probably a good starting point, Stephen, is to talk about the framework that I utilize with clients. So, um, obviously, from an exit planning standpoint, we, we talk about when do you want to get out, um, how much do you need from the business, and to whom would you like to sell? And that helps us you know, start to think about what do you need from the business, and we'll back up from there. But I use the framework from Gazelle's. You know, there's a couple of others. E-Myth is one and uh, EOS, uh, you know, the EO system traction is another. But I've, I've been using the Gazelle system since 2007. And what I love about the Gazelle system, it talks about three things. You know, it's built on the Rockefeller habits from Vern Harnish. And the Rockefeller habits are three things. One, priorities. Two, data. And three is rhythm. So just talking about those real quickly, Priorities is limit the number of priorities and execute them exceptionally well. And then data is run your business by the numbers. So for our our talk today, we'll come back to that one. That's the most important one um, for this talk. And then rhythm is how do you communicate within your organization on a routine basis to ensure people are are aligned and focused on the right things. So um, let me go to priorities right away. That, That The concept that I love is the top five and the top one of five. So what we end up doing with the owners and or partners of the business or the key managers, we always establish what are the top five priorities, not only for the year, but then for the next 90 days. And then within that, and we're constantly modifying, it's pretty dynamic. But uh, for the next 90 days, what's the top one of five? If you do nothing else, you get this one done. And that kind of maniacal focus really helps business owners because every owner that I know has a to-do list of 200 items yep, and therefore gets nothing but done. But if you get the ones answering this question that will make the biggest impact on your business in the next 90 days, or is going to set you up for, for greater growth and value creation and profitability, those are the things we ought to be, be focusing on. And then that drops us down nicely to the, the idea of data. Run your business by the numbers. Understand your numbers. So the um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Gazelle system, they have a nice relationship with a company called AlignToday.com. And that's a web-based application of the one-page uh, strategic plan mm. that Vern Harnish has created. I use that with all of my clients. So we establish goals for the 90 days and annually as well as some longer term, three to five years. And, you know, those can be as many as 15, 20 key KPIs for the business. Your revenue, gross profit, uh, uh, re- days sales outstanding, your receivable days um, profitability by clients, new client sales and marketing, all those kind of things. Now, this is leading up to you, then, specifically on GrowthForce and why I love GrowthForce. So when you look at all of that, it, that's in a, in a uh, kind of a standard format of numbers. And I don't know a business owner that loves to look at spreadsheets or numbers. Right. <laughs> Not a one. So I've been, I've been searching, I had been searching for a long time for an easy high-quality graphic dashboard that I could have every client use. And what I love about GrowthForce, when I when I came upon yours through some nice marketing, your part, by the way, that got my attention, I attended the webinar, and then I saw the, the, the fantastic free tool, and I downloaded it, and I started using with one of the clients that did exactly what I was looking for. One of my core values I talk about in working with Says, Beyond complexity lies simplicity. Beyond so, complexity lies lie simplicity. simplicity. Explain that. Yeah. So what I mean by that is many times in order for us to seem seem so smart, what we want to do is we make things more complex. And people don't get complex. We turn people off and they don't retain complex. So if we push ourselves to make something more simple that people can get and get behind like setting a vision for a business is a good example. If you do a five or seven word vision for this business that people can rally behind, like a glass company that I just started with, this is a perfect example. We create better outlooks and just in an alignment meeting with that, that owner. They've got 10 employees and the employees were thrilled because it says, you know, it's kind of a double meaning there. Is We do a great job in what we do, and it's all glass and so forth, but we're also creating better outlooks for the employees as well mm-hmm. as the team. and the mm-hmm. team. That's why they're part of a business. So I love to push for beyond complexity
1: lies simplicity. That's what growth force is, by the way. Well, we're, we're reinventing the world of small business accounting.
0: Yeah, which, which I love. Perfect tagline. <laughs> Perfect tagline. So it's easy to implement. And then the beauty is that, and, and I love one of your recent additions, Stephen, I'll go there in a second. So I love the the uh, TTM, the trailing 12 months. Yeah. And then you recently introduced the trailing three months or
1: the three-month trailing t- uh, 3TM. You're talking about our KPI uh, scorecard, and we just released version 3.0, which we added trailing three months.
0: Yes, absolutely, which I, which I absolutely love. And I, di- I didn't know this because I'm, I'm not an accountant by trade. But one of my clients that has a good accountant, I actually said, Have you ever heard of three month trailing? And she said, Oh, yeah, that's kind of a standard in accounting because that is almost more of a leading indicator than a lagging indicator. Correct. And and I've just implemented the last couple of weeks with my clients and they're loving it. Our new tool? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely and, loving
1: it. Let, let's take a moment. That's how we met, right? You, you got you downloaded the take KPI toolkit, and what I love is I love hearing from people who use our KPIs and and to see how else we can make it better. And you had some questions, and we answered the questions, and that's how we got to that connected, right? Yeah, and, and Stephen, I, I just got to
0: give some kudos to you and your team. So I was using the two point two seven version, I think it was, and what I found a flaw in the dashboard in that. When you got to the fourth um, customizable scorecard, the headings that you put in would be the same headings then that ended up on the the fifth and sixth. So I sent a note to to you and the response of this was terrific because that same afternoon, I, I got a response that said, not only will we take a look at this, but send us your scorecard that you're utilizing. And sure enough, your team found that issue Send it back to me. And then about a week later, I end up getting this wonderful note that says, hey, wait a minute, we got a 3.0 coming. (laughs) And then you and I ended up on a phone call and and we connected well. So the responsiveness of your
1: team is terrific. It's part of our DNA. We, we yeah. like to think like, you know, we're like the accounting department down the hall. You just don't have to pay for the hall. Yeah. And but what right. that means is that when you've got a question, you've got to be able to reach somebody and get your answer, you know, and not have to say, Oh, I, I, I your day is Thursday. So that's, thank you. I appreciate you pointed that out. That's a core value for us in our, in our, one of our five core values.
0: Yeah. And, so, and Stephen, I, I thought I'd tell you one of the things from the exit planning world. So, you, you know, when a, a business is going to sell, they go into the phase called due diligence Right, and when they many, many about seventy percent of small businesses fall out doing the during the due diligence because the data is inaccurate. So the buyer is automatically asking the question, "What else is missing? What else is wrong here?" Right, and they lose the confidence. So when I found that flaw in the software, again, this is a compliment to you. I had a client that said, "Wait a minute, are there other issues in here?" And I said, "No, no, no, I haven't seen any issues." But he said, and by the way, a, uh, a tech company, so it wouldn't surprise you a high C in the disc world. Um, he saw it and he just said, well, it makes me a little, a little concerned. And when I sent that note to you and I got that quick response, that was fantastic because my client said, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody would respond that quickly." Good. So, you know, with so within twelve hours, we had we had updated with the uh, the scorecard, and then his confidence even went higher in terms of that as a measure. So,
1: Good. <laughs> so, so so we're talking about the uh, the the value drivers, right? What are the yes. things that help grow the value of a company, and yes. and that and that. You know the the result of that will be increased profits, which helps increase the value of the company. So, so how yes. do you increase the value of of a company? What what does that mean to you? Yeah. So a, a starting
0: point, uh, Stephen, and, and again, I, I've I've got a number of tools, and and uh, Growth Force Dashboard is, uh, Scorecard is one of those. But um, in the early meetings with a client, I, I utilize a software called Core Value. And it identifies 18 key value drivers, nine that are external to a company and nine that are internal. So in an example, a couple of external would be around customers and the marketplace, um, uh, the size of the marketplace, the share that you would have. Inside, uh, you know, the inside are gonna be your management team, uh, HR systems, legal compliance, uh, process and system documentation. Which is so critical. So what I do with a client always at the beginning is we go through this quick assessment. takes about 15 minutes to complete. It gives an approximate value, including a gap of where that business is and the potential value of the business, and where they stand relative to peers. Wonderful algorithm run behind it industry specific and it enables a business owner to give a sense of where's my business at and what's the potential for it. So that then, it, when, when I connect and, and the client and I are actually doing business, we set that as the baseline. We do a deeper dive. It takes about an hour and a half, and typically I'll do that with the owner, partners, and ideally some key management team members. And it helps us identify those things that are not only red flags that have to be addressed immediately, but also the biggest bang for the buck items that are, that are going to be the drivers. And many times, what, are,
1: what, are, what are those typically? What are they?
0: Yeah, uh, we'll a gross profit margin. We'll see that a, a, a lot. Yep. We'll see the revenue trends. You know, you know they, it does does this company have continuing growth? Um, one of the highest value drivers, and one that is becoming even more important: recurring revenue. Yep. How do we have that predictable revenue in the business? Yep. And then the management team, that second level management is absolutely critical. I utilize this exit readiness assessment and I, and I love one of the quotes from John Dinney. Um he, In fact, he's in a, a little bit in your backyard, he's out of San Antonio and has a company called Exit Now. And John has this wonderful quote he uses all the time that the more you work in your business, the less it's worth. And that's really true. <laughs> what
1: does that mean? What, what that typically means is the business is owner centric. Oh, dependent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, work, not depends. work, not work on your business. The more you work in your business. Yeah. And you, and you got
0: to replicate you and develop that next sure. level that can take over. So you're working sure. on the highest value activities. The, yeah. Go ahead.
1: One sorry. thing I really liked, you know, um, you know, we're, we're a partner with Insperity, right? They're a big yes. outsourced HR department, you know, you know, the lead, lead PEO and the largest cost for most businesses. It's people, yes. right? and and as you talked about you know one of the biggest problems is typically the people as well and so so you know you've got some really great kpis that are all about helping you understand how well you manage your people yes so, you talk about that a little bit
0: yeah so so several of them um you, you want to look at uh, revenue per employee. That's, you know, that's one of those standard that tell on, you, our, on
1: our people, on our p- scorecard, our people scorecard. is that? Yes, yep.
0: absolutely. On your people at, as a, as a standard, uh, yep. you, you know, you, that one's not customizable. I, I love that you have those two elements, company scorecard and the people scorecard. Yep. The so revenue per employee is a big, uh, is a big deal. And then um, I recently came upon a couple of additional measures that have been really helpful for the efficiencies and the profitability or productivity, if you will, of employees by a uh, a guy named Greg Crabtree who wrote a book. Uh, I always have to say this uh, slowly. Simple numbers, straight talk, big profits. Simple so, numbers, straight talk, straight talk, talk big, big, big profits. profits. Okay. So I, I I love that title. That's what got me intrigued. <laughs> yep. And great. Greg is a uh, is an accountant, a CPA. And looks at business a little bit differently, and he got me to focus on a couple of things. One is I always do break-even calculations with clients. That's helpful for them to understand that formula because it starts to drive what kind of revenue and so forth. Especially if we're going to do a new hire. And um, so, post recession, Greg really started emphasizing the new break-even is a ten percent profit, mm. and I, I love that as a measure because that's what I have owners that, you know, to help them understand some industries that's a, that's a real stretch right construction as an example but it gives them some, some safety net if we can achieve that so we're obviously we're focused on that but Greg introduced a couple of measures I hadn't seen before one is called labor efficiency ratio and the second one is called management efficiency ratio and what's um What uh, Greg was doing in both of these was to start looking at the um, the gross profit per dollar per wage, if you will, for for businesses. So let, let me do each of these separately. So the labor efficiency ratio is the gross profit per direct labor dollars. And the way we calculate that is we take your revenue minus the non-direct labor costs, which you know typically for many businesses will be materials
1: and supplies, you know and that out are related out of, out of the cost of goods sold. Out of, uh, yes, above the line costs, just the labor, the direct labor.
0: Yes, yeah. So we can take those costs of goods that are non-direct labor, subtract that from the revenue, and obviously that leaves the direct labor. And now what we're looking to do is look at the gross profit in that new number where we're dividing the that gross profit by the direct labor. And we want a ratio of at least 2.0, which would be $2 of gross
1: profit for every dollar of direct labor. Does hmm. that make sense? It does. So let me make sure I, I, I say it back to you because I, 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 think, I think I heard something that um, confused me a little bit. You're, yeah. you're trying, the, the, end, the outcome you're looking for is to see how much profit are you making on your, on your direct labor dollars? Your gross mm-hmm. profit. Yes, gross profit. Yes. yes. So the formula is gross profit dollars divided by direct labor dollars.
0: That's correct. And you want to see at least... And, a two- excuse me, uh, Stephen, just on the one that's, that's clear though. So if you have non-direct labors in your co- uh, dollars in your cost of goods that's subtracted out of it so that typically materials and supplies.
1: yeah I so in know. our cost of goods and when we do a chart of accounts we have two we always have two accounts direct labor, direct materials that's it exactly that's the it only, the only kind of expenses you can have in cost of goods sold I, I, you and I are uh, simpatico. <laughs> and, 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 and if you want to break that out as sub accounts you can have you know subcontractor fees and you know do you include contractor fees into labor? Yes. Yes, of course, right. Absolutely, simpatico. So you can can, can break that out with more detail, but it always rolls up to direct labor and direct materials. You're saying, forget the direct material cost, just the direct labor divided by, I'm sorry, gross profit divided by just the direct labor. That's correct. Okay, so that's a 2.0. And what does that tell you? What,
0: what that tells me over time is about the efficiency of the labor. Are we getting a bang for the buck? Are we pricing our labor appropriately? It's also gonna tell you kind of in a backwards way of the profitability also from the material side. Mm-hmm. Are we charging profit, uh, you know, appropriately for um, the direct materials as you call it. I like that term better. That, that's good, direct materials within the COGS. And if we watch that over time, then that'll help a business owner start to see that he's got increased productivity from the people that, you know, obviously people that are working for him. But that can lead to some new measures in case we see a decline in that as well.
1: And then your other one was management efficiency ratio or or Greg Crabtree's other one.
0: Yes. And, and this one I like very much. So again, the management <coughs> efficiency ratio is looking at the uh, and and the way to think about this one, uh, Greg, would be you use the true gross profit, which would be you know the net gross profit if you will, the gross profit dollars, you know, at minus direct ma- uh, labor and uh, direct materials. But then you're looking at the you're uh, you're you're going to divide that then by the salary dollars of both admin and managerial dollars that you have so just Mm -hmm. just their wages no you know no uh benefits or taxes or fica and any of those kind of things so we're looking just at the wages themselves that uh ratio we want to have at least the 2.5 okay so we want two and a half dollars for every dollar of gross profit residing residing within that mer score Mm -hmm. and watch that over time and again. Real good early warning side, Are we getting the return on this fixed overhead labor, if you will? Mm-hmm. And uh, it helps it helps an owner make sure they don't become <laughs> fixed labor heavy in their business. Right. So what well, we'll again we'll track that on a monthly basis. Watch the trends on it. The dashboard, uh, you know, the scorecard, the growth force scorecard is a perfect way to utilize that. Mm-hmm. And then if we're going to add somebody, I have a <laughs> client right now we're adding a key. He's going to end up being a key employee. Um, you'll see a quick dip right on that 2.5 for about the next 90 days. And do we start getting the return, even though we're going to have some billable labor to offset that because he's going to be a bit of an implementer as well as a leader within the organization? Um, that helps the owner just start to understand. Um, where am I, what are my what What are my efficiencies? What am I getting productivity out of the dollars I'm spending on people? Because as you know so well, that's typically the highest cost in any business.
1: Hundred percent. So, so yeah. let me restate that. What I like about it is, it's very difficult to to see what's the ROI from your your IT people, your HR people, your accountants. Yes. And in and particular, your salespeople. Yes. And, and those are all below the line, indirect labor costs. Yeah. Overhead salaries. Yeah. And so what you're saying is if you, if you do gross profit over your management and admin, your, your sg and labor costs, the indirect yep. labor, you want to see a 2.5 ratio or better. Yes. To see that you are, you're properly staffed. Now, is that industry specific or is that generic? That, that's more of a generic.
0: And I've been utilizing that one for about the same time I started with, uh, you know, with Growth Wars. Mm -hmm. And so I'm starting to develop some of my own... (laughs) my
1: client specific and get a better sense of what an industry should be doing. That's great. You know, one of the things that I love about you, Scott, is that you kind of embraced our marketing content and, and start using it as your, as your own, even before you became an affiliate, right? Where yes. as an affiliate partner, you get to co-brand this stuff, right? You can slap your logo next to our logo. Yep. But even, be- even before, tell us about how you use our stuff with your clients and your prospects and, you know, any, you know, speaking or you know, lead generation that you do as an affiliate partner? Yeah. So,
0: um, Stephen, in terms of the, the marketing aspect, I utilize your product uh, um, once, once I do a discover meeting with a client. Okay. So my, my two lead gens for my business, which is really about value acceleration and exit planning. Uh mine, mine are on the core value drivers, which is this quick assessment for, for a client to say, where do you stand and what's the potential value? And then many times I'm also using this exit readiness, mm-hmm. right? And that prompts, how, how ready is your business to sell? And that prompts a meeting. So I, I typically do about a two hour, what I call a discovery meeting. And I just um, kind of rustle a client to the ground <laughs> with, with questions, <laughs> And so often I have the owners look at me and say, oh, I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't have that in place. That, you know, and, and uh, you know, onward. And I always talk now as part of my my process and as I talk about dashboards, mm-hmm. what do you have in place not only for yourself, but also that you can cascade down through the organization? Yeah. And they'll look at me and say, uh, well, we got some spreadsheets or I get a PL that I look at maybe every couple of months. How about balance sheet? Well, I don't look at a balance sheet. In fact, what's a balance sheet? Right. I'll get that, you know, those kind of things. So then in our discovery meeting, it's always at my office. I'll bring up your dashboard as an example. And they'll take a look at it. And then immediately they go, oh my gosh, I could look at the trends and graphs and have a sense where the business is on the most important things. I said, yeah, that's a standard that I do. And I have this great company that we do, you know, that we do work with called Growth Force. And this is a free tool that they have, and I've been looking. I've been in this business a long time, been looking for a good dashboard, and this is the best, simplest one that I have found. And they said, "Wow, that that would really help me." I just, well, I suspect it would, and you know that that's how we get into it. So then, once I start with the client. I typically we'll do what I what I call my my base camp day. So my business is, is called Ascend Biz Two, mm-hmm. and that's take your business to the next level, where whatever that means for you. And we do this base camp then, where I do some assessments on the owners, and then we go through those value drivers. We'll look at financials. I run Profit Sense in that
1: front meeting to help them understand where they, they see. Good spend the Pro- Profit sense is a, is a third party tool that synchronizes with QuickBooks and gives you a, a narrative story yes. telling you. And it's really good as an initial assessment, right? It, it is, kind of, you know, quickly tell you, yeah, good.
0: Yeah. So I utilize that during, during this full day, and then we set our plan to going, going forward. And one of the first things that we're going to do at our first meeting is we're going to put the Rockefeller habits that I mentioned earlier in place, but we're also going to start the growth force dashboard, you know, the scorecard with, with the owner. And we start identifying what are the key performance indicators that really tell you where this business is, is going. And I like the idea of the hand in glove with the, whether it's gazelles or EOS or E-Myth um uh, the dashboard that you have stephen is is just perfect to give a graphic way for
1: business owners to quickly get a sense of the health of their businesses as
0: moving forward mm-hmm.
1: that's great i love it um and you know we've got that site you know www.growthforce.com slash free kpi uh-huh. and not only do you can you download your scorecard and build it yourself or you can fill out our template and we'll build it for you and, and give it to you, you know, usually within 24 hours at no charge, just so get help you get started, right? You've taken advantage of that. So great.
0: Yeah, I have. I love that, that aspect. So thank you for that.
1: Good. Well, this has been really great. Any other, any other words of wisdom you want to pass on?
0: Yeah, I see the two others that, that um, I, I think are important here. So one, you were asking about that cadence, you know, that rhythm, how do, how do we, how do we cascade in the organization? So typically what I'll do with a, uh, with a new business owner is we're going to have their management team involved at least one of my two meetings. I do two half day meetings with my clients at, uh, every month. Okay. And we'll have their key managers come in and the managers will have their own set of KPIs and they'll have those top five priorities that they're working on for that 90 day. And that's an opportunity for them to review. And then there's this concept called critical numbers out of uh, burn Harnish. Mm-hmm. that I really love for another time but um, so so that aspect uh, works really well. And what I have been using more and more with clients, especially with the uh, you know the strength of the economy you know we're here in the Denver market where I, I believe we have the lowest unemployment rate in the country. Wow. And boy, the war for talent is extraordinary, but owners are needing to engage their, their, all of their employees at a deeper level. You know, so that's about creating the right culture and so forth. But what I've been implementing recently, a a wonderful book called Ownership Thinking by Brad Hams. I've been uh, implementing uh, a profit share program Mm -hmm. that is a self-funding program, but we take the KPIs and then drop it down to each of those key functions, if you will, or those key roles within the organization. And it's extraordinary how that engages the employees, and they know how they are contributing to the success of the business. And the mindset of the owner that says, you help me grow,
1: I'll share with you. Yes, yes, and, yes. And phenomenal. You, yes, you, you just hit on something that it has been fascinating to me on every one of these podcasts, we've come back to the same concept of you need a, a financial management strategy and a human capital management strategy, and they have to work together.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: You can't do one without the other. A lot of businesses make the mistake of you know, just getting the finances and not focusing on how to integrate that into their people strategy, or they have employees that love coming to work. They're the greatest boss in the world, but there's no accountability, there's no clear goals, and there's no recognition and reward systems. Absolutely.
0: And, and this one helps them think like an owner, which is terrific. I you know. They're accountable and, and uh, it takes entitlement
1: out as well. Oh, and you get discretionary effort. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're obviously a reader of many books. We've, yeah. got an We've got an e-book that I don't know that I've shared with you is Five Steps to Profitability. No. <laughs> and, and what that is designed is specifically it's five steps to how you integrate a human capital manager strategy and a financial manager strategy. Step one is know your customer. Step two is culture by design. Step three is goal alignment. Step four is keep score, and step five is recognize and reward. So wow. I'll, share with, I'll share that with you, Scott, but it's Please. on our, our, our resources page or our website. Well, I, I really appreciate um, your, your helping us explain to non-financial managers how <clears throat> you need to watch the growth in your margins and, sh- and use your gross margin relative to your labor costs to make sure you're controlling and you're covering your costs. That's really a big takeaway for today. Yeah. And, and Steve, I'll
0: give you just one hard example of a construction company. You know how hard it is to move gross profit. Yes. Right. So if, if you can move a, a one and a half, two basis points in a year, you ought to be going to Tahiti. So with a client that I started uh, a couple of years ago, and we finally got a, a good holistic software in place that is helping them understand uh, profitability, you know, job profitability, client profitability, those kind of things. Last year, we got the, the software implemented in uh, May, and they went up seven basis points in one year's time. Yeah. So they, they went from, you know, sitting on that, you know, kind of that um,
1: teetering on, on that straight line of the you know, EKG. Breaking, <laughs> breaking even cash flow challenges. Yes, absolutely. That 80% of businesses have. Yeah. And, and what did you do? How did you change that? how did you get that margin number to grow? Well,
0: again, data is everything. Yep, that's why I love run your business by the numbers. And unfortunately, they were using, they had a person that wasn't uh, uh, qualified uh, from an accounting perspective, and they were using two different uh, software for their project management and then QuickBooks. And it didn't integrate well, so you know it was garbage in, garbage out. We didn't yep. know where the business stood, but once we once we were able to get a software and an accounting package that worked together, that was able to help them start. We we were able to drill down and look at profitability and the pricing on their products, on the materials, what what they were charging, the rates they were charging on direct labor. Um, they they were able to identify profitable clients and fire those that weren't. Mm-hmm. But one of the other things that I just wanted to mention, Stephen, for me, and I, I think, again, you and I would be aligned, but I find a lot of lot of, uh, uh, of CPAs or accountants don't. I think the gross profit margin is the most important number on the page. 100%. If, if, if they're not focused monetically against that, the rest doesn't matter.
1: 100%. You know? I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound like uh, I'm blasting my fellow CPA peers, but I'm the president-elect of the Houston CPA Society. Uh, this year. And the reason is because they, got, they asked me to do this is because of a sh- the need for uh, the accounting industry to shift to management accounting. Yes, manage- Management accounting is cost accounting. And what is cost accounting? Gross profit. Gross profit. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so this is this is my love language. I could go all day. <laughs> so Scott, thank you for your time. If somebody wants to to hire Scott Barth to come and help them increase profitability and value in their company, how do they find you?
0: Yeah. So, so the best way is to reach out, and uh, if they want to send me an, an email: Scott Barth, V-A-R-T-H at ascendbiztwo dot and I'll I'll, uh, I'll spell that out. Yeah. Say say it again and spell it out. Yeah. Scott Barth at ascendbiztwo 2com So it's Scott B-A-R-T-H at A-S-C-E-N-D-B-I-Z the number two dot com. And uh, they can go to ascendbiz2.com website and also kind of see what I do. Awesome, well,
1: I hope you're able to help some more people. I love our, our affiliate partnership, uh, how uh, um, you know we can help you with the QuickBooks consulting to do yes. that integration, right? We've yes. got experts who are management accounting uh, and advanced certified QuickBooks Pro Advisors just as a project, you can check that box or the advanced bookkeeping management accounting controller services to complement you helping Helping fuel the American economy and help small business owners share their wealth with their employees. Scott, thanks for joining us on the show and uh, I appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you so much, Stephen. Really enjoyed it today. That was fun.